1: I'm Stories with Nancy Grace. An incredible boy. An incredible boy. You know, I call my son, John David, my wonder boy. I call my little girl, angel girl, because that's what they are to me, a wonder boy and an angel girl. Fourteen now, but they're... A boy and a girl to me. That's how I'm going to probably always see them. I've got a father with me right now that sees his 21 year old son, Jason, as his wonder boy. And I want to find him.
3: 21-year-old Jason Landry was driving home from San Marcos to visit his parents in the Houston area on the night of December 13th, a trip that was mysteriously cut short. The Caldwell County Sheriff's Office says a volunteer firefighter found Landry's abandoned car on Salt Flat Road in Luling.
4: Investigators trying to find a Texas State University student after they found his car crashed near Luling just after midnight last night. Loved ones say Jason Landry was on his way to the Houston area for the holidays but did not make it home. Now they're hoping someone finds him.
1: How do you have a crash car and you're not in it? How does that happen? Where is 21-year-old Jason Landry? With me, an all-star panel to try to make sense of this seemingly senseless situation. Dr. Angela Arnold, renowned psychiatrist, joining me out of Atlanta. You can find her at AngelaArnoldMD.com. High-profile lawyer joining me out of Atlanta as well, Randy Kessler, Emory Law Professor, author of Divorce, Protect Yourself, Your Kids, and Your Future. And you can find Randy at ksfamilylaw.com. No stranger to a courtroom. Professor of Forensics, Jacksonville State University, author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon, star of a brand-new hit series on True Crime Network, Poisonous Liaison, Death investigator, Joseph Scott Morgan. Senior digital forensic examiner. Counterintelligence president, CEO of National Digital Forensics. Wow, Giovanni Masucci is with us. Special guest joining us, Cheryl LaPointe. Cousin of the victim in this case, the young man we're looking for. She's a genetic genealogist, the gene hunter at thegenehunter.com. And I mean, G E. N-E, not blue jeans. Very special guest joining me, Kent Landry. You can find Kent on Facebook at facebook.com slash Landry. But straight to Alexis dot crimeonline.com investigative reporter, also with leadstories.com. Alexis, I, I don't understand how a young man who has finally decided on his calling. His dream was to be a sound engineer, and he was a new student at Texas State University. Everything uh, going on all cylinders, everything's fine. He leaves around 10 p.m.-ish at night to drive home to his parents for Christmas, and he never shows up. What can you tell me about those
3: facts, Alexis Tereshchuk? So it was December thirteenth, just left last year. You're right, a little bit after ten o'clock, he leaves ten fifty-five to drive home. It's only a three-hour drive to his parents. He's going, you know, he had to finish up school. He got to wrap up stuff at the end of the semester, and he's going to go home for Christmas break. Gets in the car. He chats on the phone with one of his friends. What every normal person does he, well, well,
1: nothing wait. suspicious he chats on the front on the phone with a friend is that on a cell phone yes of course yes and yes. the conversation was normal correct yes absolutely. nothing wrong I'm looking home. forward to christmas and what time was that conversation mm-hmm. Alexis? i'm trying to build a timeline it was b- shortly before 10 55 p.m now, you know, the reality is for a young guy, this age, 21-year-old college student, hopping at the car at 10.30, 10.45 to drive home to your parents, that's no big deal. A lot of us may say, wow, that's too late to be on the road. Not for a 21-year-old guy heading home for Christmas holidays. You just heard our friends Rebecca Thomas at Fox 7 Austin and our friends at KVUE ABC. But take a listen to Jacob Raskin, K-R-P-C, Houston. Jason's father,
5: Kent, the senior pastor at a Presbyterian church in Missouri City, as well as Jason's older brother and many other extended family members and friends, have been searching alongside investigators all day, many wondering why would he have left his belongings in the car. His father tells me he believes Jason probably suffered a concussion.
6: Maybe he doesn't even know who he is. Maybe he's hurt. He was
1: um, in a car accident, but he's not with the car, and, and we just don't know, so any help would be greatly appreciated. Let's go straight out to this young man, Jason Landry's dad joining us right now it's kent landry and again please go to facebook.com forward slash find jason landry or go to dot com to see photos and find out more kent tell me what happened when you you, you knew he was on his way home correct
6: and uh, not that morning actually i knew he was coming home mm-hmm. uh, so i have three kids they're uh, My oldest, their big sister, was uh, she works in Chicago, and she was uh, coming home. And the two boys, one's at A&M and one's at Texas State, were both waiting until their big sister gets home before they headed home. They they were both finishing up finals and then, you know, hanging out with friends and kind of finishing up everything for the semester before they headed home. So I knew Jason was coming home. I didn't know which particular day because he was also uh, waiting – for another friend to uh, come into town first. So you knew they
1: were coming. How far yeah. of a drive is it from Texas State University? Did you live in a dorm or an
6: apartment? In an apartment.
1: How far was it from Jason's apartment to your home?
6: Depends on how fast you drive in traffic. Somewhere in the range of two and a half to three hours.
1: Okay. going Leaving at about uh, 10 till 11 that night. He should have been home at least by 2.30. Two thirty in the morning, and you didn't know he was coming, so you didn't realize anything was actually wrong until when?
6: So we got a call from uh, the highway patrol at around two in the morning.
1: Tell me about that call, Mister Landry.
6: Well, um, you know, I've gotten plenty of calls in the you know in, in the wee hours, uh, whether when I was practicing law or as a pastor that that comes with the territory, so. Wasn't that unusual, but um, when it's when it's the police and they call about your child, that's, you know, that's kind of the nightmare of any parent. Um, you know, to all, all we were told is, you know, the car's crashed. He's not there. And uh, we went back and forth with the officer and I got in the car and drove there. I probably left within about 30 minutes of of the first phone call to go. See what I could find out.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA.
1: He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed.
0: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
3: If you're a smoker looking for an alternative to traditional tobacco, you might feel uncertain at the thought of changing things up. Maybe you're ready to make a switch, but don't know where to start. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Zen is a satisfying tobacco alternative that puts you in control of your nicotine experience, which means Zen pairs well with you. Visit zin.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy
1: Grace. Guys, we were talking about the phone call that no parent wants to get. That phone rings at 2 o'clock in the morning and somebody tells you they found your boy's car crashed, but he's not in it. Along in a a two-and-a-half-hour ride, that strip of road, and nobody can find him? What do you do? I mean... To Dr. Angela Arnold, psychiatrist, I I will never forget, and I've told this story, Jackie, you can close your ears, when my son, John David, went missing in a big superstore. It was a Babies R Us superstore, huge. And I I had both of them with me, and I was looking for, of all things, organic suntan lotion. And I was down on the very bottom. They had shelves that I felt like they went up to the ceiling, and i looked and looked and looked and i said well twins i just can't find it and i got up and turned around there was lucy and no john david and in that moment it felt like the whole world just stopped angela
3: oh yeah you know nancy these are the kinds of things that when they happen they shake our they shake us to the very core they shake our our sense of of just security that we all have to live with on a daily basis and now this poor boy is missing and there and there it does it sounds like there are no answer so how can I mean I don't I've lost my children in stores before and you feel like you you literally think your whole life passes in front of you doesn't it Nancy
1: I just don't even have a clear recollection of thinking anything it just felt like my whole body was I was outside my body, but I could hear myself screaming to lock the doors, and I had mm-hmm. Lucy under one arm like a football, uh, yes. like Tom Brady running for the touchdown, you know. But trying to find John David Kent Landry uh, is Jason's dad. He gets this call at two a.m. and hears that his son's car is wrecked on the way home, but no son. You get in the car and you take off. What was going through your mind, Kent, as you were trying to get to that location?
6: Well, um, it, it's—I don't know. It's—it's it's hard to explain. It's—it's it's a nightmare you never wake up from. Um, it was—it was very surreal. Um, driving, you're trying to get there, trying to think of anything that could happen, and this is Luling's the small town. You know, between San Marcos, it's it's the only the reason you pass through Luling is to get to I-10 to get home. Um, And trying to figure out, okay, well, what am I going to do to get there? Where was it? Um, My wife stayed at home in case Jason called, or and to find out, you know, information from from the officer and stuff like that. So it was, I don't really remember. It was a blur. Um, I got there about five in the morning. And it was clear, cold, windy, and dark, and uh, trying to find uh, my son, uh, trying to find anything, someone to talk to. Uh, 5 a.m. in the morning in a small town, there's uh, not a lot of people to talk to or even try to find where the accident is and stuff like that.
1: How did you find the crash?
6: Well, um I knew who was the officer had told me who was going to be uh towing the car, the name of the tow truck company. I found their location online, put it in my phone. Uh it said it was twenty four hours a day, so I went directly there and I found a tow truck driver uh there. And um he said he wasn't the one who towed it, but he gave me the location. He said it's off this uh one of the highways that kinda runs out of out of town. So he gave me directions how to get there. And I, I'm I'm running up and down this highway. And my wife, I have a locator. We have locators on our phone. You know, she can watch where I am. And I knew where Jason's car was, where his phone was. It was in the storage lot at the parking at, uh, at the tow truck place. But they couldn't, they wouldn't open it until 7 in the morning. So waiting before 7, I was going to see, you know, go look for Jason. And uh, Lisa was able to, I I went down the wrong road first. I knew there were, I couldn't see anything, so I called my wife and said, "I don't think he's on this road. I'm I'm almost to another town." You know, call the officer and find out exactly what the location was. When well, she called him, he was already in bed. Um, he gave her the name of the road. Uh, she found it on the found it on the map and uh, was driving down that road at 5 a.m.
1: So let me understand the the officer, the investigator, got the car towed. And then went to bed. Yes. Okay. I wish they hadn't towed the car just that fast. Joe Scott Morgan, Professor of Forensic, Jacksonville State University, and such a long list of credentials. I'm, I'm, I'm losing, you know, my voice. So, mm-hmm. Joe Scott why yes, did they tow the car well I guess they come upon the car they see a crash they're told to tow it and they don't realize that every tiny bit of evidence is important what do we need to be looking at in that car
4: well you know you have to first thing I would be looking for uh, personally is to see if there's any any evidence of uh, trauma that the driver may have sustained. Oh, wait a minute. Definitely. Let me get yeah. another
1: fact for you, Joe Scott, to use. Alexis yes, Treschuk, there was a crash, but a crash into what? Was it a single car incident, like into a tree or a fence, or was there another car involved?
3: The police have said they don't believe that there was another car involved. They think that something made Jason swerve, and he, he, he perhaps maybe hit something with the right I'm sorry. The left front tire, the driver's side tire, and then the car spun around and and maybe hit something else. But so far, they haven't said you know what all of our minds would go to, like maybe somebody was chasing him and a car hit him because the back of the car, um, the the rear bumper is very damaged, as is the front.
1: Well, that's odd. Is that right, Kent Landry? The back of the car is damaged and the front left fender is damaged.
6: Yes, if you actually look at, well, the, if you look at, there was only, there were no pictures taken by the officer at the scene of the accident. The only picture we have of the car, to my knowledge, is a picture taken by that young man who actually found the car, the volunteer fireman who was coming home. He lives down this road. He was coming home from, a, I think, from a fire call and saw the, saw the car, um, checked, looked inside. There wasn't anyone there. Um, I think he said he touched the hood. It was already cold, but it was in the 30s that night, and called it in um, and waited. So he waited the whole time uh, that he was there. And, the, and the, um, the the picture doesn't really show much damage. It's it's from the side, of, looking at the passenger side, doesn't show a lot of damage to the trunk. And you can of course look at the pictures online. The car as it ar- it is sitting in the tow lot. The rear end is significantly damaged.
1: And um, the front left
6: fender. Correct. Correct. Well, that
1: doesn't and even make sense. If you have a crash, how force. do you get damage on the front left fender and the backside? And here's the really odd part to me to Shira Lapointe, a genetic genealogist, founder of the Gene Hunter, and cousin of this family.
3: Shira, his clothes. Nancy. There are many more questions going through my head than there have been any answers. I just cannot make sense of any of this. The clothes, Um, Shira, Jason's clothes, where were they? They were strewn in the road. His dad is the one who found his clothes about 900 yards from the crash scene.
1: Why are, are, are these clothes that obviously Jason was wearing strown 900 yards from the wreck.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I
4: thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this
0: board. This is uncanny usa
1: he says somebody's in the house and i screamed
0: listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare the journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road but if you're ready for a change consider taking zen for a spin
1: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, for those of you just joining us, please help us. Let me give you the tip line for Caldwell County Sheriff's 512-398-6777. Repeat, 512-398-6777. Randy Kessler, you're the high-profile trial lawyer You've tried many a case involving crashes in your day. That doesn't even make sense. I mean, there, there's so many questions, as Cheryl LaPointe just said. Why did the investigator go home and go to sleep when they couldn't find the victim? Why did the dad have to find his son's clothing? All of his clothes were off his body and 900 yards away. Why?
2: At- but, but. It's bizarre, Nancy. I mean, and I'm sorry, and the father should not have found any of that. It should have been whether it's a crime investigation or a, a civil case, an accident um, investigation, that that kind of stuff. How do you not find that, especially when it's one that's not paper paper cutter kind of, you know, cookie cutter kind of case where, yep, someone ran a red light and here's what happened. And the three witnesses, there are no witnesses. The time of day. I mean, this investigation should not have ended with the officer being in bed and the father having to go out there and find this evidence forget the emotional aspect of, of finding the stuff about a loved one uh, he's not an expert that's what we have experts I just for. don't understand how
1: it what plausible explanation is there for a crash with damage to the car front left fender and back squished in to Kent Landry this is Jason's dad please go to facebook.com forward slash find Jason Landry how did you think, to walk 900 yards to find the clothing.
6: Well, I was, I, I knew where the accident was when I'm driving up and down the road uh, looking for my son, and I'm i am am continuing to drive down the road looking more kind of off to the side, and frankly, I, ex- I expected to see Jason maybe walking down the road or, or someone, you know, I didn't know I was the only person out there looking. I mean, I just but I'm, I'm going to look, it's, it's, you know, it's my son. And, um, I'm, I'm driving down this road and I'm, as I, as I'm driving along in my headlights, I see clothes and, and I look at, I stop and I'm like, what is that? You know, because as I'm driving along, I was driving slow because, oh gosh, I think I'd seen at least three different set of deer run in front of me, a coyote. Um, this is only three miles out of Luling, but Luling ends very quickly and you get, you're get you in country. So I was driving slow thinking, you know, he probably sort of to avoid a deer and I was going to avoid him also. And I see clothes. Well, I see something in front of me and I, and I stop and I look at the headlights and I'm like, those are clothes. And then I look at the clothes and I can recognize them as my sons. Um, you know, some clothes is, is relatively distinctive. Jason wore uh, he loved novelty socks, so I knew the socks the minute I saw them. I think these were some Spongebob ones. Um,
1: oh, you, you, know. you just spoke to me because my son's favorite pair of socks, one is bacon and the other sock is eggs. He loves yep. crazy yep. Yep. socks. So well, you see, a, wait, wait, wait. I didn't realize the hard. socks were there too?
6: Yes. Socks, socks, uh, T-shirt, socks shorts, underwear, uh, his slide sandals, and his watch.
1: And his watch, so it wasn't a theft. You know, uh, Joe Scott, yes, just recently, you know, my sister drove all the way from California, didn't want to fly because of COVID, to right. Atlanta to see my mom and all of us. On the way back, she's a really careful driver, like overboard, like, 20 miles an hour driver. A deer jumped out in Murfreesburg, Tennessee, I think it was, totaled her car. But wouldn't there have been blood or some evidence of a deer? That's what I just heard Kent Landry hypothesize. Wouldn't we have evidence of that?
4: Uh, yeah, if, 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 his, if the vehicle actually impacted the animal, you know, I've worked a lot of cases actually involving deaths of individuals that hit deer and you'll find tufts of hair you know like in the grill around around the light headlight housing and all this but you know the impact on jason's car is to the rear left Uh, and my understanding is it was found against a tree i I think that what i'd like to ask kent is uh, this is a rural i'm familiar with this area uh how uh, oh, is it that you're
1: familiar with every single area we ever <laughs> well, talk I, I about travel,
4: i travel i travel a lot i uh you know a uh, true story i've been to the Shinerbach brewery quite a bit and so at any rate uh it's a it's an agricultural area isn't it kent and so the road is paved but are there like is it real gravelly on both sides like soft shoulders if you will
6: where this section of uh, Salt, Flat, Salt Flat Road uh, starts, paved right outside of Luling, okay. but it turns into gravel. So where this accident occurred is actually all gravel. Oh, boy. And okay. this, is, um, this is an area that is actually sitting on an oil and gas field from about the 20s. So it's not farming as much as people run cattle. And there's a lot of oil field activity. It's it's out in the country.
4: Is the the road real like they refer to Wash 40. I mean, it's yeah, it like yeah. you know, it, kind of, it, okay? It,
6: it is Washboard.
4: <laughs> this is my question. I know that I know that uh, that Jason was new to Texas State. Uh, you said it was his first semester. Had he made this trip home very many times? Uh, no. Coming, uh, from uh, Mar- coming from San, coming from San Marcos, because you know Salt Flat Road. It, it's well wait north. A minute, guys, wait a
1: minute. We're we're putting the cart before the horse here. Even if he was swerving to overcorrect if he saw a deer and hit a tree, if that's what happened, where is he? Whether there's uh, evidence of blood from a deer or a tuft of hair from a deer or, or paint from another car, that still doesn't tell me where is he? crime stories with Nancy Grace joining you right now Giovanni Masucci senior digital forensics examiner um, CEO of national digital forensics at natldf.com Giovanni Masucci thank you for being with us what can we learn from any GPS in the car and
2: from Jason's cell phone yes and thanks for having me I appreciate it thank you um one of the one of the big things is I'm going to look at it, They on the phone and so and the phone uh, what I understand was between the driver's seat and the center console so one of the things I'm going to look at um, is the phone but also you mentioned the GPS um, depending on the uh, the car make and model um, and year um, what type of infotainment system was located in that vehicle and what I mean by infotainment, infotainment system is the I call that the communication center so you can connect with it with your with your mobile device and most people nowadays do a lot of work and talking uh, using that infotainment system that's in the in the car which also has, may have a navigation system um, which can do your mapping but also you can call do text messages search social media and so on. so we've got two areas to look at. Taking back to the mobile phone. If, if I'm going to the scene, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pull that into evidence, right? start my chain of custody. And I'm gonna to look to see, once I bring it back to the lab, and of course you'd have to have a warrant to actually do the analysis part of it, um, depending on what's happened in the case. In this case, we have a, a missing individual, a young man. And so once the um, law enforcement obtains the uh, search warrant to go ahead and do the phone, um, do the analysis on it, they're gonna look for, uh, depending on the type of tool that they use too. So what kind of search did, did this law enforcement agency do? Did they do just a physical search? Okay, meaning that they just opened up the phone and start looking at it, which we typically frown against that as a forensics individual. Now you wanna use a um, forensic software or a forensic tool to go right. ahead and look at the digital data and to actually what's called do an acquisition of that phone. So you're pulling as much data you can off that phone to next be able to analyze that data. So you're going to look for um, GPS data. You're going to look for location data. Was the phone location data on? Is the time and date stamp correct that's on the phone um, in the same zone period? Did he do any text messaging with anybody? You know, um, what? I've got a little
1: information on that to uh, aid you in your analysis. With me, Giovanni Masucci with National Digital Forensics. To Kent Landry, this is Jason's dad who's been searching for his son nonstop since his car was found on a lonely stretch of road on his way home for Christmas break. Around 1124, I assume this is coming from the phone or it may have been coming from the car navigational system itself. Yes. Well. Jason enters Luling on Texas Highway 80. He stops using the Waze app and opens up Snapchat, passes through Magnolia and East Austin, and that is where his digital footprint
6: stopped. That's, you know, that's the big question. I, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable saying, based on everything, that the last... Relatively certain because there's almost no certainty here, but sitting at the light in Luling where normally you would turn right if you were, you know, heading the correct way, um, you would turn right and then a couple blocks later you turn left and then you head out to I-10. Sitting at that light at about 11.24 is the last kind of point in time we feel pretty certain of of what what is going on after that point the 67 minutes until that young man finds uh his car wrecked on the side of the road absolutely anybody's guess and then of course the bigger question the one i really care about is what happened after that and where's my son um but no after after that point in time it could be anything from a Carjacking to a road. I mean, it could be. I just, you know, the. How
1: can he wreck and be completely gone in just sixty-seven minutes, guys? Take a listen to our friend Jacob Rascon at KRPC Houston. It was finally time for
5: Jason Landry to come home for Christmas. He left Texas State in San Marcos Sunday night, but didn't get far. Just after midnight, the local sheriff's department got a call about a totaled sedan along Salt Flat Road. It was Jason's Nissan Altima, with his wallet, phone, and other belongings inside, but no Jason. At the moment, they're using dogs to um, try to search for him by scent. Um, They already tried a helicopter using the infrared light and didn't have any luck. You can imagine Lisa Landry, his mother, is worried sick and in a bit of shock that this is all really happening.
1: He's alone. He doesn't have his um, his phone or his wallet, and he, it's cold outside, and I just I don't know where he is, and I'd like to find him. You were hearing Lisa, Jason's mother, to Jason Landry's dad joining me, Kent Landry. What toll is this search taking on your family?
6: Well it's hard is uh, the world's greatest understatement you know honestly the the thing that's keeping us going is uh, the prayers of thousands of people I mean it's been amazing you know our faith and our family we know that no matter what happened uh, we know God knows um, and we're just continuing to hope and pray and uh, trying to do the best we can given the circumstances.
1: Is it correct to Cheryl LaPointe, uh, the cousin of the Landry, Landry family, you know her as the gene hunter, that a small amount of blood was found? Yes, Nancy.
3: Uh, there were spots of blood found on, um, believe, the band of his underwear and also uh, on a tag um, on an article of clothing. And I don't believe there was any blood found in the car um, when it was analyzed.
1: To Kent Landry, this is Jason's dad, a little bit of blood found on the band of his underwear in the front, the side, or the back.
6: Um, it was found on the tag of his, uh, well, he had two two dots of, underwear, uh, of blood, and by that I mean dot, like the tip of a razor of a pen. Uh, pencil um, on the the tag on his shorts which is I guess would be your probably the left hip area uh, on those shorts uh, maybe right hip one at one around your hip and then right around the waistband at the top so probably uh, the car came to rest on the driver's side against a barbed wire fence if Jason pushed the door open and tried to kind of scoot along the side of the door um, to get out um, easily, the barbed wire could have, um, you know, uh, pricked him and, and be that small amount of blood.
1: Just thinking about that, was the barbed wire ever tested, Mr. Landry? I,
6: I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, I do not know. I, I, I mean I the the whole the whole scene of of the car accident, to my knowledge, has never been. Because I know there were pieces of his car there for weeks on end, and probably if you went out there right now, I don't know. People have been going by, I think, collecting them. Um, I don't know if any will be be left, but there were some last time I was there. And no blood on the inside of the car, not to my knowledge.
1: Okay, to you, Joe Scott Morgan, that speaks volumes to me. I think Mr. Landry's assessment is correct. If there's no, no blood on the inside, he had to get those tiny bits of drop, bit of blood on his hip area from somewhere, and that makes perfect sense.
4: Yeah, the likely candidate, uh, like Mr. Landry had mentioned, could be the barbed wire that the car was resting against. And, uh, you know, this impact that he sustained in this vehicle could have disoriented him to a great degree. Uh, And it's still very curious, though, for me, uh, as to why his clothing would be off of his person. My understanding was, was that the shirt Uh, that he was seen wearing earlier in the evening uh, was actually found uh, at the scene. Is that correct, Mr. Landry? That's correct.
1: And we know that that because of those released uh, photos, is the same shirt in the photos, Mr. Landry?
6: Yes, that that certainly is a shirt. I know, I mean, because he was Snapchatting and Instagramming with one of his friends uh, while he was packing up to leave and it just changed into that shirt uh, watching the video. And um, so I'm assuming that's what he was wearing, uh, and you know, it, for me as a parent, uh, I, you can't even imagine. Is it the red
1: T-shirt we're talking about?
6: Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. The, just what? Why? I, you know, it's it's an interesting intellectual exercise for a lot of people, but for me, it hurts my heart to think that my boy is. And it was cold. It was cold and windy. Why would he take his clothes off? In the middle of the road in this kind of temperature um the airbags didn't deploy on the car uh there there's no side impact on this car and this is an old car uh, pastor you don't get to make a lot of money so kids get to drive old cars uh this is 2003 so uh there's no and i understand mr Landry, that
1: hundreds of hours of security videos from in and around luling were reviewed no evidence at all, what are the, what's the police working theory right now, Mr. Landry?
6: You'd have to check with them. I don't, I don't think they, the case, and, and just to be clear, the case was originally handled by Texas State Highway Patrol. About a week later, they turned it over to the Caldwell County Sheriff's Office. Um, the Caldwell County Sheriff's Office, you know, starting late, and of course with the issues with the of evidence and everything else, um, has Kind of been running a, a race from behind, which is, I think, one of the reasons they've shared so much information, so that they can get that one person to come forward who might shed light on something and make it make clear: is this a, a, a tragedy? And in, in terms of, you know, someone disappearing, and they've searched for miles and miles. They started with dogs, people, uh, drones. Uh, kind of a specialized mini Predator drone, which is a new one, helicopters, fixed-wing aircraft have all been used, and horses, horse uh, horse, and uh, ATV and stuff like that. Search Where
1: is this boy, Jason Landry, 21 years old, driving home for Christmas break? We find his car, we find his cell phone, we find his clothes, his backpack, but no Jason take a listen to krpc houston
0: hello my name is jason landry and i'm currently a sophomore at texas state a few videos and hundreds of photos is all the landry family has of their youngest child jason as a dad i'm blessed
6: i mean because because i have memories i have wonderful memories it's just hard when you're sitting here thinking all you'll have of that child is memories
0: jason's car was found totaled the keys still in the ignition, but there was no sign of Jason. People ask me what do I think happened? I'm like, I don't have the slightest idea. Inside his office at Southminster Presbyterian Church, Pastor Kent Landry updates me on his son's missing persons case.
6: Yeah, the Attorney General's office is in the process of forming a cold case division. We would love for them to, to take it on. Kent says he hopes investigators will secure a geofence warrant. We kind of think, help resolve
1: nancy for an additional 50 dollars off mattresses and select goods that's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash nancy thanks lisa mattress for being our partner pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible easy breathe are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room office playroom or home gym Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner.